I need to do is something that pastors usually, uh, well, no pastor wants to do this, but I need to correct something I said last week. Last week I mentioned, and I'm glad that somebody brought it up to me after the service, that I misrepresented the scripture, that I talked about Queen Vashti as if she was killed by the king, and she wasn't. I was setting that up, and I was using my own references in my mind, which can go wrong quite a bit of time. But Queen Vashti actually wasn't killed by the king. She was uh, put away. And the reason why was because Queen Vashti wouldn't go to the king when he summoned her. So I wanted to make that up. I wanted to apologize to you guys. That's one thing that I know teachers of the word want to make sure that they're correct always, but we're not always going to be. So I'm glad, and I've heard Dr. Stokes say, you guys need to be taking what I say and checking it twice because not we're not always going to be um, right on the T, and we may have some differences. But I'm also glad that I have brothers in here that will say, not too sure if you got that one correct, so thank you. But moving forward, <clears throat> I continue to teach about the disciplines of faith. The reason why I'm teaching and continuing in the dis- disciplines of faith is that uh, we studied some of these over the past year. We were encouraged to read different books outside of the scriptures. to That way we could look back at what the Torah and the Gospels do actually teach us. This disciplines of faith today is that of being ready in and out of season for Messiah. This, um, I could have titled being intentional in your walk with God as well, but I wanted to reflect on uh, the Messiah's return as well. But our intentions, the reason why we have to live our life intentionally for God is because that brings forth our actions today. So reflecting on that in Second Timothy 4, 1 through 8, I started to look at that and the reasons why Paul actually told Timothy, do these things. They're intentional things that he must do in his uh, evangelism, his practice of the faith. And we, not just evangelists, but preachers and teachers, every one of us here are teaching our children today, those who will come after us. We pray that our children today will teach our grandchildren And that's when we'll know that we were successful, is when we see our grandchildren following in the ways of our Messiah. My grandparents knew almost every one of their grandchildren was baptized and they were doing something right. I pray that we continue in that success. So, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. I'm going to break this down and go over a few verses at a time. And we're going to look at some other passages of Scripture that will help understand why we need to live in a way that's looking forward to Messiah return or perhaps when we're ready to go see him. And we all know that hopefully most of us will be 70 or 80 years old, but that's not always the case. We could be taken in the twinkling of an eye. Accidents happen on the 91 every day. And most of us had to get on that freeway to get here, so... Um, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead 
and by His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. What does it actually mean to be in season or out of season? Let me tell you what it means to be out of season. That's an easier uh, answer for you. When you're young, as the kids are, they're learning. There's going to be times when you're just tired and you're learning. You're probably not going to be in season, but you always have to be prepared to give answers and to teach others his ways. But the kids are not considered in season at this time. Another time of being out of season is in your evil days. Bill and Lorraine are a good example of that. Yet they've prepared for this time. They're still able to live in their home because they've prepared for these times of the evil days. That would be another way of being out of season. Yet, if you're sitting here today, you're probably a grandparent, an uncle, a family member, an aunt, an uncle. Somebody that can be in the season teaching other people how to live out the passages of Scripture. So, I implore and encourage you today, because you are in the season of teaching and doing to listen to these words, listen to these examples of not just the scriptures, but the reasons why we lit these today is because somebody taught us. Somebody gave us the desire, possibly in our families, or perhaps you're one that is one of the founding ones in your family. I've heard that before too. And trust me when I say my grandparents impacted me and you will impact those in the generations to come. So, when it talks about the reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, I have seen this mimicked by Dr. Stokes in his patience for us. I don't always walk correctly, but yet he's, he's patient with me. He'll help guide me, and that's what pastors usually do. Or that's what they're supposed to do. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. This is one that I have preached on. Many of us here, I know Mike has preached on it. Dr. Stokes has taught on it. It's about that of the Shema. The teaching of the Word of God. Not just in our homes, but outside our homes. But what's it say here? It says, Now this is a commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded you, commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess, so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I, I commanded, commanding you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Going back to the very top of verse 2, it says, For your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord. When we're teaching our children, are we actually just saying it by words or are we saying it by actions? Because I can tell you now, in my profession as a behavioral specialist, it's not the kids will listen to us, but they're more likely to follow in our actions. Are we teaching them more than just words? Are we showing them by our, by our example? It says, O oh Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a fl land flowing with milk and honey. We're not the Jewish chosen people, but God has chosen us to be in His presence, grafted in. And yet, what do we see here? 
It says, he will multiply us greatly. I don't know what you guys consider greatly, but I would say we had another dedication and we've been multiplying greatly here. Thanks to a Q&A that Dr. Stokes had a few years ago. <laughs> we won't let him go for that one. But going on, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So he has his chosen people, the Jewish people, and he has us. The Lord, our God, the same one as theirs. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Whenever he's on our heart and this Torah and these Gospels are what we really want, it will follow in our actions. That's what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What's this mean? It means that you're in season. You're going to be ready. Why are we doing this? Because we've got to teach the next generation. We look forward to the coming of our Messiah or when we go meet him, perhaps. But we're doing this, not for ourselves, but for his glory. And when it says, teach them diligently to your sons and to your daughters, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he or she should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That train up. I think of this, and I was thinking of this earlier today as well. You're, the training of God's Word, it's not just te- teaching them by Bible stories. It's also having them follow you as you act out these words. Whenever you're doing those behaviors, what the Torah and the Gospels have taught us. So, it's more than just training. What what do trainers do in baseball or football camp? They're more than just telling the people what to do. They're following them around or showing them how to work out. Working out builds up the muscles. Making sure that they're throwing the football or the baseball correctly. There are different areas of life that we have to be teaching our children. As you rise up and when you lie down, interesting here, our children should see us doing the Gospels and the Torah at all times. I love it when I get to put Rebecca to bed. We have mezuzahs on the outside of all of our rooms showing her that you know God's Word is everywhere in our home. But I've also, she's mimicking me now, which isn't always for the best, that's for sure. But I've, She's seen me touch the mezuzah and put it on my forehead. The word of God is here. I'm going to the heart next. But she now, every night, before I will take her in her room, she'll go, she'll point to it, and she'll touch the mezuzah, and she'll do this. I've taught her through my behaviors, not just through my words. Especially at this age, she's getting me in trouble because she's learning all my bad behaviors. But it's by showing her that she's following in these ways. Now, going back to Second Timothy three through four, the passages of of Scripture always show a pattern, and I love this because Dr. Stokes pointed it out years ago. Look at the patterns of Scripture, and the patterns of Scripture always show that God has good intentions for us. Yet He knows our behaviors are not always the best, so He always 
will usually follow up with a lot more passages of Scripture that are saying the woes of things. Now, if we're not teaching our father or our daughters and sons how to follow these, it goes on to say here, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away from their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. If we're not teaching our children by example, the world will get a hold of them. And when we're gone, they will hear something that's similar but just a little bit off. And before you know it, you're way, way off in the passages and what you should be doing. I know I've heard it from pilots before. When they think they're on the right road or on the right path, and they're just off just a little bit, they'll end up in San Diego rather than in Orange County. It's just a little bit off, and we've got to make sure we're teaching our children what this actually says and making sure we're walking on the path. In the same way, as I said before, I apologize for last week, but we pastors also have to do the same. So, I want to show you how the intention of your behavior can be good, but if you're not following behind with the prudent expectations and following behind in the positive behaviors, you can be way off. In Matthew 25, 1-13, we see it here. With the ten virgins, five of them were prudent in doing what God said and preparing for the bridegroom. Yet five of them were foolish. It says in 25.1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold, the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins rose up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. In the middle of the night, I don't think... It's going to be hard to find somebody that's going to give it if all they have is just enough for them. And while they were going away to make the purchase of the bridegroom came, and those who were who were ready in what and went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins also came, saying, "Lord, Lord, open up for us. Basically, we're back. Let us in." But he answered, said. Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then. You do not know the day nor the hour. Just as red was er- it was red earlier, not even the Son nor the Spirit know the time that the Father will choose to bring back His Son, but the Father alone. So, out of this, we see five people, five bride- brides ready for the bridegroom. They're following in their behaviors. They're ready for him to come. But they all had good intentions. So I'm encouraging you. I I as well have to look at myself daily, weekly, monthly, 
to see what my intentions are and make sure that my daughter is following what I'm trying to do. And if I need to change something, I need to change it. Because you can see here, the, the five that had it just had enough for that time. And if they gave a little bit out, they would have been heading to Home Depot at midnight too. And they would have found those doors closed. Ace Hardware, Home Depot, they don't open at midnight, as far as I know. <clears throat> but um, So our intentions have to be, I believe everybody here has good intentions for Messiah and His return. But what I want to talk about now are the good intentions with good behaviors, good intentions with unprepared or avoiding behaviors, and good intentions with bad behaviors, and the outcomes of all those. Now, what we do here today, dedicating, remembering, dedicating a child is a good behavior with the good intention to follow after Messiah and what he taught us and what the Lord God, the Father, set before him as far as dedicating a child in these ways. These are good behaviors with good intentions, which equal a good outcome. Being married, helping the poor, observing the Sabbath, praying with family, intentionally making sure that your children are learning to pray with you day and night. How, if we're going to help the poor, are we preparing ourselves? I know one example that I've heard, I've experienced myself, is carrying around maybe a gift card to a place that, you know, is all over the place, a Subway, a Burger King, a McDonald's. Are you ready to help the poor? Can you grab that really quick if you see somebody in need? Or do you carry around an extra 10 or $20? We have to intentionally make sure we're ready when God puts somebody in the place where we can help them. There are many other ways that I could give examples of. But I want to go to the good intentions and unprepared behavior. The why, why I want to kind of focus here is I, I want to encourage all of us to get on the path of good behaviors as well, even though sometimes the unprepared behaviors are what we're avoiding today i know karen and i have avoided them in the past but making sure that's where the anxiety and the anxiousness comes in our lives where we know what we need to do but we're not doing it so turn to ecclesiastes 12 1 <clears throat> you can find it it's uh right after proverbs and right before song of solomon 12.1 says, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no delight in them. I can honestly say, because I know Bill and Lorraine really close, they are struggling, and these are not grateful days. These are days that the evil days will take part, and it will just make the days horrible, until they they're wanting to cling on to that they they may meet the messiah even sooner i can remember my own grandfather before he passed away about five years before he passed away my grandmother passed away and after that i actually had talked to him you know i talked to him weekly we went to the same church but he he was telling me even more at that time you know trevor the day i get to see the messiah it's even sweeter to me because there's more people, more souls on that side that I know on this side. He longed for that day. 
But what's this teach us right here in this one verse? It says, in the days of our youth, before the evil days come, we, we in our youth is whenever we prepare. We can't continue to avoid certain situations and things that I'm going to bring up in a minute. Skipping to the end of this chapter, it says, the conclusion when all has been heard is, fear God, keep His commandments, because this applies to every person. Every person on this earth. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. We can't avoid the judgment that God's going to bring and how He's going to judge us. Because even if we don't know about something, which I don't know that much about financial advisors. This is something that I'm just learning to explore in my own life. Planning for the future. I want to make sure, just like Bill and Lorraine, had made sure that they could stay in their home during these evil days. They were setting aside some money. This is something that I avoided and Kara and I avoided because I wasn't aware of how to, to do this. But what I do, I noticed that this one guy that is Bill and Lorraine's financial advisor years ago, I finally made the phone call to make sure I got his name and phone number. I'm taking those steps so that I become wiser and I'm making wiser decisions. And it doesn't take a whole lot of money. I know Karen and I looked at our finances and we're like, what are we going to do? We don't have anything to give to our you know, evil days. But it was so small. He's actually helping us set that up. But I avoided it for so long. So my, my behaviors, I had to change them. For God will will get us through everything, but He also has helped us to come to terms and be behaving correctly. And by doing this, by going where I've never gone before in these intentions, not just within the scriptures, but outside making sure that Karen and I will be taken care of, the burden won't fall on Rebecca and our next ones. It, we're making sure that they're not going to be burdened by all this. I can tell you this, parents, we're all young now. There are a few in the elder position, but one of the best things I've ever seen was when my grandfather passed, he had everything laid out. Whenever my grandmother passed, they, that was the first time that he had ever done that. That was the hardest thing to watch. But if you love your children, you go where you don't want to go to prepare for what's for tomorrow and whenever you're going to meet Messiah because we're not getting out of this life alive unless Messiah returns. And then, hey, if you've already prepared, don't worry. Nobody's going to go to that gravesite because you've been raptured up to Christ and gone to Jerusalem. But here, every judgment, everything which is hidden, So good intentions, unprepared, or avoiding behaviors brings an unknown outcome. If I wouldn't be taking these steps today, I'm not sure if I would know how to direct Rebecca and our next ones in the path of how how they can look for tomorrow. So listen to me. Plan your trust, plan your wills, and help your children to know that you still love them after you're gone because it will make it easier on them. I love it because uh, lighting these candles bring, can bring up these conversations. My, my mom and I, about once every two to three years, will go visit my grandfather and grandmother's grave. That brings up those conversations. 
And what has she done? She's loved me by making sure that she already has her burial place and her plot and everything. She's left a few things and told me, you can get my casket anywhere. Go to Costco. And she gave me a brochure for Costco. Did you know they have caskets? Wow, they sell everything there now. <clears throat> so, good intentions, unprepared behaviors brings unknown outcome. Good intentions with bad behaviors will definitely, 95% of the time, bring bad outcomes. I see this daily in my own practice. I work with, with families that, the, you know, they have aggression in the home. The dads get really irritated and angry and they'll yell and they'll hit things. And then they're surprised that their children are mimicking them. And I'm like, but you even... Well, I'm telling them what's good. I love this saying, right? Follow what I say, not what I do, kid. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, they're going to follow in those behaviors more than they're going to ever follow what you say. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try to get more amens on this side here. Turn with me to Galatians 5.22. This is something that I had and that I've experienced since Rebecca's been born. Actually, probably over the past eight months. It says, Be the fruit of the Spirit. or, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness. Gentleness. Listen, dads. Gentleness. Self-control against such things. Are, so we need to be practicing all these. I'm going to tell you right now, the gentleness and self-control is difficult for fathers. It's difficult for me. Because why? I, I really wanted to put what I'm about to say up into the unprepared or unknown behaviors. Kara would not let me. She helped me on this service, by the way. She said, no, that's just a bad behavior. <sighs> I have a problem with if I walk into a place and I can maybe pick it up and toss it over there and take it easier next time, or I'll walk over there five or ten minutes later, hey, I don't have to walk as far, and I'll get it in a little bit. That is a bad behavior. Why? Because at 18 months old, Rebecca is actually watching her papa do this, and I'm like, ah, get it out of the way or toss it over there, and she'll get something two seconds after I do it and she'll throw it as hard as she can over there. And I'm like, oh no. And then even more, I look over and Kara's watching her and she's like, this, uh, you women. (laughs) She looks at me like this, "Mm mm-hmm. I mean, I know if you're a dad, you have seen that look out of your wife's eyes. So I... I told Kara today, I said, I found the scripture to go with this. And she said, oh, well, I guess you're not filled with the Spirit then, are you? (laughs) It's that self-control that we have to take charge of. Our own behaviors, we have to be in control of those. Even if I need Matt to maybe look at me and say, Trevor, this is something you need to change. Why? Because I'm raising Rebecca up in the admonition of the Lord. And how can I expect her to do this? If I myself are, am not even doing this, 
Can I get another amen? Thank you. <laughs> You're not doing too well over here. Okay. So, going over this again. Good intentions and good behaviors will bring good outcomes. That's our prayer in this congregation now. As we follow through on what God has put in place within His Torah and His prophets and shown us through His, His Son, our Savior, Messiah, Jesus Christ. Good intentions with unprepared behaviors are going to bring unknown outcomes. Parents, you do not want to leave it to your kids to figure out. This is something that we need to be showing them. We need to be able to bump that area up into the good behaviors. Now, good intentions and bad behaviors, you better reflect and change it because your children, 95% of the time, will be following in your ways and not your words. Why do we do this? Because one day, all of our acts and all of our behaviors and words will be brought before us with the Lord. Now, moving back to 2 Timothy 2. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 4. Picking up where it says in 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. This is what we all want people that we know and our own children to say about us. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have intentionally walked the path of righteousness. And my day has come to meet Messiah. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward to me on that day. Not only to me, but also to all who have loved us or has loved His appearing. These who we lit the lamps for are there with the Apostle Paul. All the apostles are there and their spirit belongs with him as well. That is our hope. Yet we have to make sure that our path is on the narrow path of righteousness because our children who come after us will hear people trying to tickle their ears and if we have not shown them how to walk that narrow path, then they may be going astray. So it's our turn to walk this path that those who have went before us have walked and why we are here today making sure we follow in those words and those behaviors. Let us go to the Lord now.